0: The first player this year with a 15.5 assist. Two steal first half. Here's
1: Zion Williamson. Offensive rebound and the flush.
2: We're back with MGM tonight on the BetQL Network. Presented by BetMGM.
0: In-season tournament quarterfinals started last night. Got some elimination going on now tonight. Bucks up. Sixty-one fifty-four on the Knicks. Four fifty-five to go in the second. Ryan, I'm sitting here with a Knicks plus five ticket, so I have a feeling it's maybe one of those uh, one of those sweat kind of nights for me. Not a fan. I prefer not to sweat at all. Actually, Just get it over with, or just know that it's. You know, it's in hand. Knicks up twenty up. right now. I feel good.
1: Yeah, yeah. I had one of those last night for the first time in a long time. Actually, it was uh, my main man, Sam Hauser, over eight and a half
0: points. You've been in on the Sam Hauser points. You said.
1: Yeah, that took about two and a half minutes, so that was nice. Tonight, now I'm in. I'm in for the long haul. We got the uh, Fighting Illini is two point dogs up eighty four eighty on Florida Atlantic. This game electric. Four sixteen to go out in the uh, Jimmy V Men's Classic, presented by Corona. By the way, this year. Oh, is it? I had no idea. Well, that's good. I'm a big Corona guy. Are you? Uh, in the summertime. Not this time of year. I thought you didn't drink beer in the summer. You only drink beer in the winter because you don't want to screw up the six-pack.
0: Well, well, it's a lot harder to have a six-pack in your 30s, let's be honest here. It ain't, it ain't what it used to be, my friend. No, I like. The, I, I admit I like a lot of the, you know, the, the various uh, high noons and yeah. stuff like that in the summer. But if I'm going to have a beer, Corona with a little lime in it, that's good. Wintertime... Yeah. That's when it's all kinds of beers. I go get a, you know, they don't have a lot of choices at National Harbor when I go, but I'll sit and have a have a yingling before the show. Talk to all my guys there at the bar. We talk a, yeah. Talk all kinds of betting. You know, it's fun. I'm a big Corona guy when I go to Quinceañeras. Yeah, or just in general, or only when, when you go to Quinceañeras.
1: Just in general. Okay. But... Yeah.
0: <laughs> you know, you were, it, you're a Guinness guy, more aren't you? I do like a good Guinness. Big yeah. difference, big difference in those two. I like two, it isn't all. It? There's not a whole lot I don't. It's like. I was gonna say you're not really, you're not really one to turn down I don't a beer. do Not discriminate. You, you'll take it all. Neither is Scotland. Let me tell you. You want to know somebody that knows their beers? Scott freaking Lynn. knows beers. Not a blue moon guy though. Not a blue moon. He made fun of you for getting a blue moon, like ridicule. Not, not a blue moon Never, never guy. make fun of anybody for getting a blue moon. It's uh, every 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 beer sponsors, uh, every potential sponsors a beer sponsor. You're right. Just so so kidding. Bless. Scott never said anything about blue moon. We love blue moon. He loves them. He loves a
1: bit more than most, though, especially if you want to send some free product.
0: <laughs> there you go. Not sure if Reed Wallach is a Blue Moon guy or not, but he is the host of the Early Read from BetSided as well. Uh, let's. I. I mean, if. Feel free to comment on any of those things you, that we said about those beers if you'd like. Uh, I'm watching Nick's Bucks right now, and you know it, it's it's a hard to get a read on the Bucks this year, man. I know some of it is you're getting Dame. The team's a little different. Obviously, Dame is the big addition. They're not as good defensively, but kind of feel like we watched some regression with the Bucks defensively over the last couple of seasons. I see a team that's. Really talented. I'm not one of those ones to panic at all, but it does feel like they're a little bit of a roller coaster this year, and that feels like, at least to me, maybe you feel differently. That it's that's going to be the type of thing that continues throughout the regular season with them.
2: A L- Lot going on there. First, thanks for having me on, as always, guys. Yes. Pumped to be on the show. Two, don't want to ruin any potential sponsors. Not a blue moon guy. I do like Coronas in the summer, also. And Ryan, I yeah. am also I am also sweating that Illinois plus two and a half ticket. Uh, at the Jimmy V. So uh, any live updates you could give me as we get down the stretch. I, so I think you. we're at the under four. That'd be great. As for the Bucks, I I was one that was a little more cautious with like the Bucks are the next great super team and this Dame Willard trade is like a home run. Obviously raises their ceiling, but they also lost Drew Holiday, which was their defensive fulcrum and arguably the best point of attack defender in the entire league. He also now plays for their biggest competition in the East of Boston Celtics, who... I would right now rate them as better than the Bucks. We'll see what happens in the playoffs. Uh, yeah, I think this is going to be the story of the Bucks season. They're not going to be able to figure out their defense. Dame is a minus defender. Their depth is non-existent. AJ Green from Northern Iowa, he's playing really well tonight. But is that really going to be a thing come postseason, or is that like a December kind of run here where you got some nice contributions from a guy who won't be part of the playoff rotation? So really, not sold on Milwaukee. Can they go to the finals? Absolutely have one of the few teams that could probably pull that off, but I do think, like, championship ceiling, I'm not there. I still think it's probably Denver, then probably Boston, and then you got a little bit of a drop off, and I put uh, Milwaukee in, in a second tier, to be honest with you.
1: Yeah, who's that other team in the East, then? I mean, Orlando is fun, um, especially for, like, future and winter they're purposes, magical, but Ryan. they're, they're probably magical. not true contenders, and then, I mean, <laughs> Philly started off hot. I mean, they're 6-1, but is there another team even in the East for you, or is it just boston milwaukee really uh
2: i i would put philly close to that tier i don't know i i I don't know if i can necessarily buy all the way in and say like this team's gonna go to the finals but i think philly getting rid of Harden like is being really undersold here and how good they look maxi i i went to net sixers a few weeks ago maxi looks like just another level better than Harden. Last year, better than Harden. This year, I think Maxie is the real deal. And also, how about the upgrade from Doc Rivers, who is as bottom as you could get (laughs) in terms of (laughs) postseason coaching, to Nick Nurse, who, in my opinion, top three coach in the league, has won a championship before. So I do think Philly, given the fundamental flaws with Milwaukee, given the coaching issue and maybe lack of high-end championship winning upside that Boston has – I could see a world where Philly makes a run. I don't know if I'm going to put my money down on it, but I wouldn't You know, come June be like, oh my God, this is shocking that Philly's playing Denver in the finals or something like that.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, Nick Nurse won a title his first year in Toronto. I think a lot of people yeah. forget about that because by the end, players just got clearly got sick of hearing what he had to say. But that, like, that happens with coaches all the time. Sometimes you feel like you just need a new message, a new voice, and also sometimes maybe a guy that understands a little bit more how to, you know, go ahead and not let himself just be outcoached every single game. Anyway, I don't want to go on a random Doc Rivers because he's not coaching anymore, so it doesn't really matter. Well, I mentioned watching Knicks Bucks, obviously, right now. Look, I'm a Knicks fan. I've suffered a long, long time. What's the upside to this Knicks team, the way it's currently constructed right now to you?
2: Uh, a feeding ground for a high-end talent to be traded there probably is where, like, you start – that's where you start talking about, like, the upside. Like, this All year right. is currently – I like that.
0: I like that. Year- okay.
2: I personally think that the Knicks may have waited a little too long to push in their chips because you start to see these other teams begin to enter the fray as ha- Like if a superstar was to ask out and say, I want to trade and the Knicks are on my short list. The o- other teams are starting to enter the fray where they have a lot of attractive packages. I mean, I, like I'm a Nets fan the Nets have a lot of attractive picks down the stretch where they could start to mm-hmm. put up a formidable offer. I do wonder if the Knicks, there's a fine window. If, Maybe they've kind of missed it where they can really put the right piece around it because now you've paid RJ Barrett. Julius Randle is a negative asset in terms of the trade market. I just wonder where are the Knicks putting together like a Godfather offer because some of their picks are protected. Some of, the team might be too good to really give up their picks. They're still young. They're kind of in this weird in between stage. As with the Knicks right now, I do think their ceiling was kind of realized last year. Second round, competitive series, maybe breakthrough the conference finals. Like finals contender is currently constructed, no way. Uh, as close to zero as you could possibly get
0: So yeah, honestly man when I look at the Nets roster too I mean you got guys that can get buckets too we knew Cam Thomas could be that guy he's I mean, he's only played in 10 games this year but he's averaging 26 points a game Mikael mm-hmm. Bridges has turned into like a legit all-star since he got traded they're not just a defensive specialist like people kind of labeled him beforehand Cam Johnson I do you feel like at all the Nets are maybe underachieving a little bit this year with some of the talent they have on that roster
2: I, it's funny because I, when the Nets had the high end talent, I was like the biggest optimist and thought that this was like you know they were going to win it all and all that and uh, you know I was obviously a little blinded to what was really going on. This team, I, I think, has honestly overachieved. I think that there's, I personally think that this team being above five hundred right now. Granted, they've been a little banged up and they really made do, and I've been impressed with what the team's been able to put out there. And I just think that the There's such a small gap night to night in the NBA right now because there's such a plethora of talent across these teams that the difference between good and bad is, like, so small. And on any given night, pretty much any team could beat any team. I'm I'm outside of, like, what? Like, three teams at the top and three teams at the bottom? Pretty much it's up for grabs every night. A team could have an outlier performance from one of their better players. So I do think the Nets are playing close to their upside I do question this current roster what it could really do I personally think it's probably playing game probably an early exit and I can enjoy my summer as a Nets fan <laughs> but when you talk about the next piece I do think that they're pretty close and I think that the team is going to they believe that they're pretty close and they could get one more superstar and all of a sudden it's like hey we're past the Knicks we're closer to that Sixers tier if you know we're kind of talking about like the state of the East right now.
1: All right, Reed, I'm going to let Nick get back to the NBA, but I do have to ask you, since I haven't talked to you in a couple weeks, I was out for eight days. I had no voice. We get the college football playoff. You get Alabama, one-point dog. It's a pick against Michigan, total 45-and-a-half. Texas, four-point favorites against Washington, total 64-and-a-half. Any leans or plays for you in the playoff early on?
2: So I bet Washington, and I bet the over in the Sugar Bowl – I think it's interesting when you talk about the playoffs and how these four shook out and who matches up with who. I actually think a lot of teams would rather match up with like the other team. Like I, I don't think a lot of teams are necessarily thrilled. At least in my, I don't know if they're thrilled. They're probably just thrilled they're in it. But uh, like from me, from a matchup perspective, I think Michigan is better off getting Alabama than Texas, and I think Washington is better off getting Texas than Alabama. I think Texas's real concern is in the secondary. It's been lightly tested, but when it's been tested, it's failed. It's outside the top 100 in explosive pass defense, who has arguably the best passing offense in the country and gets a month off to get healthy and take a breath after the craziest run through the regular season ever. That's Washington, who Texas is playing. So I do wonder if Washington is able to spread out Texas and maybe get some points on the board. I also think late game situation, we saw in the Red River game, Steve Sarkeesian kind of uh, choked up a little bit there late in the game. Uh, What has Washington been doing? Like ballsy, epic fourth down calls and like no fear and like the eye of defeat like Kalen DeBoer. uh, I want to bet on that guy in a big game. So I like Washington. I honestly think that they're very live to win. I also like the over because I think both teams are going to put up some big points. Rose Bowl. uh, I think it's going to be really interesting. Uh, I think I see the case for both sides. I am personally on the Michigan side. Uh, I have a future on them from early in the season, so I hope it gets there. I do think, though, that Alabama, of course, has a bunch of edges. I just want to note: two weeks ago, they should have lost to Auburn.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: I, like that, like that was two weeks ago, where this wasn't even debated. And Michigan gets the walkover against Florida State. So I know everyone just watched them beat Georgia, but they also played their best game possible. There's also a lot of times where Alabama looked pretty pedestrian. It's really going to come down to, can Michigan stay ahead of schedule and maybe flash a few explosives that they didn't have to show in the Big Ten? Whereas Alabama, it's almost the opposite. Can they be down-to-down successful, which they haven't really been this season, but Milrose kind of bailed them out with the explosive plays, one of the best downfield throwers this entire season? That's it, It's almost like opposites. Can Michigan... Prove that they could stay sustained and throw the ball down the field. And the opposite is Alabama. Can they stay ahead of schedule and not be like third and long against this Michigan team, where the defensive line can really pin their ears back? So I, I well, lean Michigan. It, Reed, we got I a couple of minutes long. here.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, are you where? Where are you on the Florida State getting excluded from the playoff?
2: Okay, <laughs> I personally, <laughs> as a college football purist, I think they they got host like a hundred percent. Like yeah. they deserve to get in. I think it's ludicrous that Alabama got in over Florida State. Like, the, the games have to matter. I know we've said that. Like, it's almost boring at this point talking about it. I I understand why they put in Alabama. They truly thought that Alabama, who, I mean, they're a pick them against Michigan in the Rose Bowl, and, and you know, another pick them or they'll be favored against Washington or pick them against Texas, whatever. So, I I understand they're trying to put the best four teams in right now, but, like, what's the point of playing the games, right? Like, to me, right. as a college football fan, like – the people who come in for the playoff like the the big suits and the corporate people like that's not the point like they i know they pay the bill so i guess that's who matters but like the college football fan of me is like florida state deserves to get in they should get in alabama you should not lose to texas at home by double digits and then you would have gotten in. you know what i'm saying so i i'm already over it but i do think florida state they have like some serious like they should be pissed off 100
1: completely agree like for our eyeballs product i think these are probably the best Matchups, But, man, like Florida State, how do you punish them? I mean, non-con game against LSU. You also have to look at, like, when they schedule these games. I know Clemson was down, but they went into Death Valley, beat Clemson. Granted, they yeah. shouldn't have, and I bet Clemson in the game. They should have won up <laughs> two scores, but Klubnik fumbles the ball away. But still, uh, so I'm completely with you, man. Um, anything else uh, that you like? I was looking at the MVP market. Once again, Jokic is a huge favorite going back to the NBA. Any uh, award markets or anything else that you played so far?
2: NBA, uh, you mentioned the magic earlier. I have a bunch of magic yeah. uh, to win the division long odds. Like, these things are gone. So magic, no more. Um, one player that I think is pretty interesting, Sixth Man of the year, haven't played myself, so I, I might sit on it a little bit, but one person I have my eye on, Bogdan Bogdanovich of the Hawks. Like, to me, six man of the year almost hasn't even started yet. All You have like seven guys, eight guys that are all averaging like 15, four, and four on like good teams and whatever. But I, I think Bogdanovich, this Hawks team, they're underachieving relative to their record. And Bogdanovich is playing really well. The Hawks are playing like plus five when he's on the floor. He's shooting the ball really well. It takes like a, a two week heater for him to go from 25 to one to five to one. We just saw it. Um, Cole Anthony's like currently on this like rise from like fifty to one down to sixteen to one. So keep an eye on Bogdanovich.
0: Yeah. 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 I, I mean you're looking at now that twenty five to one like you said, that could change very quickly with Cole Anthony eight to I mean, Emmanuel quickly was a heavy favorite I remember at the end of last year, and then he doesn't even win. Reed Wallach, great to talk to you man. Thanks for coming on with us. Hey thanks guys. It's seventy one seventy Bucks over the Knicks. We're In the still first having something finished the first half. It's been MGM tonight. night. And Divincenzo hasn't scored. Oh loser. No he hasn't. <laughs> I think he got too.
2: We'll be right back in just a few. Head over to BetMGM to place a better three. This is BetMGM Tonight, presented
1: by BetMGM, live from BetQL.